This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 626, brought to you by Mac Weldon underwear, socks and clothing that are better than whatever you're wearing right now, unless you're wearing Mac Weldon. And if you are, then you know I am. Use the promo code iFanboy for 20% off. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Taking you to die. 
Pick of the Week, episode 626, the Pasadena episode. I am Josh Flanagan, and this is, that's correct, right? Uh, is that what that is? 626? Isn't that the Pasadena area code? I don't know. I don't go to Pasadena. Wow, you west side bigot. <laughs> those, are, those are LA jokes for anyone. Very far away. Wow, somebody just don't care about the San Gabriel Valley at all. Uh, here's my compatriot who doesn't care about the San Gabriel Valley, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, I don't. So what's going on in Pomona? No idea. <laughs> Man never goes deep on the two. He doesn't know. No. We are a fanboy and every week. See, this is the West Coast version of what we did on Goodfellas Minute when we really got into the Robert Moses freeway and uh, sure. system in New York. Same thing. We are I fa- I liked Glendale. So sue me. What do you want? I'm sure it's lovely. I just don't go. It is a very difficult place for you to get to. Yeah. Every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, and maybe if we have some time, we will read some listener mails. It should be a merry gathering of warm exclamations of joy. Let's not oversell it. It should be, is what I said. Okay. That's not the same. If you read the fine print, it's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. I prefer the undersell. Yeah, I, I know you do. Yeah. I'm I'm very aware of your preference to that <laughs> extent. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. We may spoil things for you, but I'm not promising that either. Uh, if they are, it's your own problem. Deal with it. Connor, you had the pick. I did, and this is a weird week for a number of reasons, what we'll get into later on in the show. And this has no bearing on the pick, but this was not a great week of comics. Most of what I read was just sort of the variety of, yeah, that was a thing I read. Huh. You know, I didn't have anything that I disliked or hated or thought was bad. It was just a lot of, yeah, okay. I had books that, like, I liked, but they were the same reason that I liked them the last time we talked about them. And I was like, that's nothing. Not well, they haven't changed. That's true. But that's not always bad. But, no. Yeah, I, I hear you. But I really did quite enjoy Deathbed Number 2, Joshua Williamson, Riley Rossmo, And I believe issue one was a patron pick. Yes. And I wouldn't I, have read it otherwise. That. From Vertigo... Uh, which is funny because I went to open it before the show and I, I went to the app where I have my image books. Cause it's just in my, I just don't even think about Vertigo anymore. So I was like, why isn't Deathbed in here? Oh, right. It's in the other app with the DC books. You may recall from previous episodes, Deathbed was about a writer who goes to tell the story of a very rich man, his life story as he's on his deathbed. And it turns out he's, a, he's this swashbuckling, old and pulpy adventurer who was trying to lure his enemies to his death. And now that he's he's alive and trying to figure out why people in his life are being murdered, or people from his history are being murdered, he's on a globetrotting adventure with his writer at his side to figure it out. In this issue, he goes to Paris to the funeral of an old love he had way back when they were younger and just completely disrupts and mangles the funeral because he believes that his influence in her life was much greater than it actually was. And I just like the bombastic character who has such a high opinion of himself that he does not realize how little of an effect he has on other people and or how non-important he is. It definitely added something that I don't think was apparent in the first issue to who the character was and where they were going with it. You know, in his mind, he's the world's most interesting man. Did you figure out what the voice of this character was when you were reading it? Because I did. Who did you have in your head? <laughs> Hang on, let me, let me get to what he would say and why. 
The Maggie Mars I knew would be ashamed by this <laughs> gathering. She'd be disappointed to hear such soft stories about herself. This is how you choose to remember her? That's Jay Peterman. Yeah. This whole thing can be read in Jay Peterman's voice, and it's great for that. Yeah, and that's basically the kind of character, right? Jay Peterman from Seinfeld, for all those people under 30 listening, was someone who was bombastic and had a high opinion of himself, but everyone around him just rolled their eyes constantly, and he mm-hmm. just had, was incapable of even recognizing that. That's this character, and I love that kind of character. Yep. High-status idiot. High-status idiot. He must... He's also a high-performing idiot, too. Sure. He expects there'll be photographs of him in her house, and his family must have heard of him, and no one's ever heard of him. There's no photographs because they spent about a month together once when they were young and had a lot of sex and adventures and clearly didn't register in her life all that much. Mm. And honestly, the whole episode's issue is really just them at a funeral. <laughs> There's a little bit yeah. at the end where they get kidnapped by a, some sort of weird cult of worshippers of this guy. To me, it was all about him blundering into this funeral, making a mess of it with his super ego, and then the really terrific Riley Rossmo art, which continues to impress, even when I know it's coming. From the front page where they're flying down the streets of Paris in this sidecar motorcycle, you know, 10 feet in the air, and mm-hmm. the, the uh, Eiffel Tower's glowing behind them, to the double-page spread flashback of him and the, and the woman. Even the shot of the family all in the, ha- in the apartment is just a terrific panel stuff in here. Yeah, I mean, he, he's great, kind of always has been, but uh, it really, I think with with uh, Rossmo, there's definitely a, you know, it has to be the right kind of thing. Although I don't think I've read a lot of stuff where it's like, he was totally wrong for this, but man, he's really right for this. Yes. I just one day want to have bottles of wine being thrown at me as I have to flee somewhere. I think that would be fun. That's honestly never happened? <laughs> I don't think so. It might have. Okay. There's been, there was a couple of spots in there that could have happened. Like, I don't know where this book is going, and that's fun, and I like the characters, and that's fun, and mm-hmm. it's fun to look at, and that's also fun. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those weeks, and even days, that on Wednesday when I read this, that I really needed a fun book, and this one made me laugh, Yeah, and I really liked looking at it, and I really liked the character's voice, and it said, and now that you say Jay Peterman, I probably won't be able to get that out of my head. Oh, there's no way not to. She will always be remembered as a chapter in my story. <laughs> A chapter? You're welcome. <laughs> so, first of all, I'm really happy that the patrons picked it because I probably wouldn't have read it otherwise. And sure. now I'm really enjoying it. And I actually almost missed it uh, this week. Well, on a light, but basically, I think the way that we came out out of the last one was like, are you going to read it again? And, the, and my, you know, like, maybe, you know, if the week is right. And I, I actually had downloaded it, but I wasn't sure if I was going to read it. You made it the pick. And I was like, all right, let's see where they go. And and it's really nice to see a step up from from issue one to issue two. It was a light week, light-ish week. I just missed it on the shipping list, but I saw it on the, on the Comicsology page. And she was like, oh, right, that book. I want to try the second issue. So I did, and I was really happy I did. She was the girl with little piggy feet. Yeah, that is, uh, she kind of has no feet. But, you know, he's stylized. I like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. It's interesting. Maybe she, she's just got her feet crammed into tiny heels. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the page where she slaps him for being an ass was very dynamic. Smack. Yeah. Although really draws a lot of blood. I don't know how she did that. It's a comic book. <laughs> so it's just a fun adventure story. And there's not, as I said, it wasn't like a whole lot of things happened. It really was just a, as you about a, him being an asshole at a funeral. But it was just very entertaining and fun. I don't know if I'd wear a yellowish shirt with a blue suit like that. But other than that, it's a good looking book. Well, he's got to stand out in the crowd. And I think Rosmo does the colors too. No, even plus Cynthia does the cover. Yeah. Rosmo's definitely like he's adding in those screen tones and stuff, though, to sort of give it that sort of that feel of his, the depth of stuff that's going on. 
I really like that at the funeral from a coloring standpoint, like basically everything is monochrome or in black and white except Luna and, and his assistant. Everybody else is like in a, in a diffuse light. Yeah. Just a simple effect, but it works really well in a comic book to sort of make it feel a little otherworldly. He is the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I just, I like to bow. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Elaine! I'm going to start calling this girl Elaine. Elaine with the big feet. <laughs> Don't worry, you have tiny little porcine hooves. It remind. I mean, this is not a new kind of character. It's, you know, it's common. It reminds me of Aquaman from Batman Brave and the Bold. It's a good cartoon. So if you like that kind of blustering idiot who, who bounds through life, knocking things over without realizing it because he's so very, very important... This so far is the fun book for you. And Joshua Williamson, he's terrific. He writes yeah. Flash, and I really enjoy that. And also, uh, stretching yeah. his style here, I think, in, in a good way. Yeah. So that's fun. Check out Deathbed from Vertigo, shockingly enough. Hey, look at that. I never know I, what I'm they're going to do. ravenous for a new series I can grab onto, like, in an ongoing sense. Like, have a yeah, new I, mean, thing like, I don't know how long this particular series could go, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. Indeed. Tales of Suspense 103, Matthew Rosenberg, Travel Foreman, issue four of five. I guess this is just going to be five issues. I think. I mean, it, it, at the very least, yeah, it's probably an arc within here. And then at the end of that, they'll switch to someone else. Other groups of characters, I guess, right? That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Nothing wrong with an anthology series. It's no. just they never stick around for very long. That's what I mean, yeah. So this issue, we are supposed to believe that Black Widow has just been a series of clones. No, that's not how I understood it. I understood it that she has not been a series of clones, but now she is. Oh. So, so like, basically, like, she was dead, but the Russians had this nascent program, which was to bring people back through that. So they haven't done it over and over. This is the first time. So she's, you know, going to burn it all down, basically. But that's how she, that's the mechanism by which she comes back here. It isn't changing the past. I mean, the only reason I ask is because, you know, she's theoretically been around since World War II. The, those you know those kinds of maths need to be i don't understand it's okay <laughs> how did you feel about this uh, issue particularly uh it's funny because i keep seeing those uh i keep seeing ads for the jennifer lawrence movie and i keep thinking that's ruckus black widow run but apparently it's not really it doesn't matter but in this like i was like well they haven't talked about it in a while and this one they did i enjoyed this for hanging out around with clint and bucky yeah and they weren't really in this all too much right so it was fine. It was sort of like the explaining how we got to where we are. And I think I'm going to enjoy the next part. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't really care. Like this, this was a thing that had to happen, but it wasn't super interesting to me. Yeah. The talking bear was a poor substitute for Clint and Bucky. I did like looking at the bear, like sort of laying about in bear <laughs> shape. I actually, I really, I, I really like when they do the anthropomorphizing them, but without changing their basic shape or whatever. Yeah. I do think, um, I'm sorry about what's about to happen. I think they missed an opportunity here for a joke when they only have him reading Bears Illustrated. There's so many better jokes that you could have put on that magazine mm-hmm. instead of Bears Illustrated, which is, you know, it's a little throwaway joke in there. But call in Guillory. He could have done something with that. Yeah, I mean, this is probably my least favorite issue of, of, sure. of so far. I like Black Widow a lot. I just don't know if I want her to be a series of clones. Whatever. I mean, if they got to bring her back some way, she's in the movie. And at least they don't, as long as they don't change her hair blonde, everything's fine. <laughs> I was waiting for that to happen. Ugh, God. <laughs> you know, like, it, this was the this is the reveal about how all this stuff happened, but that's the part that I cared about the least, basically. And also, the one time when Clint finally does show up and he's still got the stupid hat on, I was like, all right, the dumb hat. Yeah, which is funny because he's in full-on gear in the Avengers book. 
Mm -hmm. His old school costume. Nice. When we got to Clinton and James, as she Mm -hmm. was outwitting them, uh, and they got stuck in that room and it crunched off his arm, that was fun. Yep. Yeah, Um, it's all, it's, it's, you know. It's still really fun. Just this this particular show, I was like, okay, let's, now it's the history lesson part. Understood. That's how this works. Talking bear. Don't forget, though, that the bear has a Russian accent, and that is key <laughs> if you if to fully enjoy it. Just like the Peterman voice, the bear, you know, the bear's on, he's making a sandcastle. I mean, I do have to give it some credit, because while I was reading it, it made me stop and put the book down and think about that Werner Herzog horrible bear movie. Not horrible because it was bad, but horrible because of what happened in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think about that more often than I want to. Honestly. Yeah, and I thought about those slow zooms in on the bear's face as Werner Herzog narrates what it must be thinking and that it shouldn't make me laugh because again it ended up horribly but you know I can't look at a flip out viewfinder without thinking of that hmm. Hmm. so I didn't realize that Doctor Strange Damnation was like an event with like tie-in books uh, alright you know is it? well I mean it, it, we had the Iron so. Fist this week which was, a, which was a tie-in and at the end of this book let me get to the back Ghost Rider and Scarlet Spider, it looks like, are all tied in, too. It looks like they launched a Ghost Rider book out of this. And I think the most surprising thing, that apparently there are 16 issues of a book called Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you know what? They renumber stuff, though, so. It's only been four. Okay. So what do you think overall of this entire thing? I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's silly. There's a lot going on. Um, I've really been enjoying the voice uh, that Donnie Cates has been bringing to these characters, and and I guess Nick Spencer also in this one, which I can feel a little bit of. And like it's very subtle, but I feel like most of the Marvel comics that I've read have been written by about two or three people. Yes, and the other ones that aren't written by them aren't super exciting. And this feels like it fits in there, but it's just a little bit fresher. Donny Cates is an exciting new voice. He's going to come up later on the show, and I want to talk yep. about him more then. Okay, that's fine. But but like in terms of like why I'm enjoying it, like I'm spending time with characters who I know, but I don't know all that well. There, there's it's sort of a big crazy situation where you know they're in Vegas and they're up against Mephisto. Like I guess if I read one of these other books, maybe I'd be like, what the hell's going on here? But since I'm reading this just sort of as it is in order and enjoying it, like I've I've been digging it. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Not ground shaking, not changing the world or anything, but I, I've enjoyed it. And I know that we talked a little bit about the. Order and what strange seems order like. it is. Yeah, I almost read this incorrectly. I almost read Iron Fist number seventy-eight first. I read that, but there was a note. That's right. That's and what I, I said. Stopped, and I went back. No, to, to, it to, worked. The system held up. Iron Fist seventy-eight. Ed Brisson, Damian Cucciero. Have we not had an Iron Fist for a while? I feel like because I caught up on all of them. I was reading them because you you said you'd like them, and that sort yep. of made me keep going. And then I, I kind of forgot about it. Well, just, but maybe he, it's only been a month. It's hard he, to tell now. Yeah, he just had the whole long story with Tina Sabretooth to save Kunlun. So here's this is a crossover issue with Damnation. And so he got whammied by Ghost Rider, I guess, at some point. And so he was living inside his his guilt and fear. I guess that's what the stare does to you. And then he breaks out with his kung fu buddy. Uh, so Fat do you, Cobra. did you recognize the name Damien Cusiero? No. So he was the one who followed Gabe Hardman on the Apes books. Oh, I didn't read that far into the Apes books. Gabe did an arc, and, and Cusiero was, I think, the, either the second or the third one to follow in that run that Gabe and Karina wrote. This is a very different style. I really liked this artwork. Yeah, the art was fun. It was perfect. I was like, oh, more of this. It's a very of, different style of, than the previous look of the yep. book. 
Yeah, there's Mike Perkins on the last the previous one, previous 78 issues. 77. Or issues. six. It's a little cartoony. Yeah. Lighter and fun. I like seeing him in the classic costume in the beginning and in, in, in his dream state. I actually do like his new uh, track sure. costume, but I do like seeing that classic costume. This is just wacky enough overall mm-hmm. that I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and it, it's funny because it, I think it worked the way that a crossover is supposed to work. Is that like I was reading that other thing, and then this came along. I was like, "Oh, this is related to that." Okay, cool. Right. Uh, I really, I really like the panels throughout this. It feels like a '70s sort of layout. There's a bunch of stuff that has no panel borders and just fun. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on here to look at. I really liked Fat Cobra way back when, so it was fun to see him come back. <laughs> We have been reading a lot of these. That's my only, I guess... What do you mean? So it's been uh, three issues of Damnation. It's been probably three issues of the regular Doctor Strange. This is mm-hmm. uh, another issue. That's seven issues of the story I've read now. Yeah, but it was only over four days of release times. Sure. No. They all came out on Monday. I don't feel like... I, I, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not thinking it's long in the tooth yet. I'm thinking in the next two cycles, so whatever, probably four more issues, they could probably uh, wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But it is a thing where, like, when I see one of the two, Doctor Strange or Damnation, I'm like, cool, awesome, next part. And then this was the same thing. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I'm not, I'm not reading any of those other books. What's so. interesting about this book is that, as fun as Iron Fist is, I think maybe they realize he works better bouncing off someone. Mm-hmm. So, like, he has Fat Cobra yeah. here. He had Sabretooth in the previous arc. Uh-huh. He's a fun character on his own, but, you know, he's best with Luke Cage. Well, when he's written on his own... It's always too serious. It's always like the way of the samurai, super self-serious, you know, kind of thing, I think. Right. And he's comic relief here. Eh, I don't want him to be comic relief. I want him to be competent or whatever, but it feels like it, like they can't find that line one way or the other. Action buddy stuff is always good. Yeah. I don't know. The thing I'm coming out of this is is more Damien Cusiero on books. Well, hopefully he sticks around for this. Yeah, or whatever else they can put him on. But I want to see more of this guy on stuff. He's good. Say, yeah. did you know that this show is sponsored by Mac Weldon? I was aware. All right, let me just do, I need a Mac Weldon sit rep on you right now. Is there fabric currently touching you? There's fabric touching me everywhere. Their fabric. Their oh, their fabric. Delightful uh, Mac Weldon fabric. There was yesterday. Okay, okay. I have a thing to go to tonight. I'll be going out. I'm going to be going out with my special lady friend. So this morning I was pleased to know that I had recently done laundry and I could have my pick. Oh, perfect. Of the best of my lower management. <laughs> pro- <laughs> lower management? Is that my that lower management program fabrics? That's, oh my. that's a bad that's a bad bit you don't want there. I, I like I like the way it touches me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying Mac Weldon, the caring fabric. It is, and it, it keeps attentive. It, it keeps things in order. <laughs> It's got a gentle embrace. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, not, it's not squeezing me. I know how to buy the correct size. Right. But also at the same point, it's not stretching out and thereby right. taking a thing that was once quite oh, fuck. delightful. We're going to get emails. No, no, no. It was a delightful thing. Uh-huh. And then sometimes uh, with a lesser <laughs> lower management <laughs> fabric system. Yeah. Over time, it will lose some of those qualities, and I'm here to report that over the time that we've been doing these uh, these these sponsorship advertisements, yes, uh, it's all holding. It's all holding up. It's all holding. It's re- it's retained. It's not. It has not gotten all pilly and right. rough and uncomfortable. Everything's still good, 
And I like that. I like that. It's it's it made me think this is even more worth it than I thought it was before. I'm not saying like this has changed my life or my day, but I'm gonna give myself a good five to ten percent happiness uh, bonus. What you're saying is you enjoy your Mac Weldons today as much as you did the day you met them. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's still a thing I look forward to. Right. Just whatever gets you over the hump is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's important that it's touching me when that happens. Sure. And, and I trust them to touch me because they believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. You just go on the website and you look for what you want. They've got it all split up. There's, there's not so many things that it is, it is unwieldy. You say, I want, I want a shirt. I want some underwear. Hey, here's some kinds of underwear. Oh, good. Here's the colors that are available in the size you'd like. Excellent. They have, you know, you get your solid colors. You got some of your patterns, the things you want, all that different stuff. So Mac Weldon is not the cheesecake factory of underwear websites where it's just everything oh. on the web, everything available and there's too many choices. I'm not, that's the thing that, uh, what's his name? Chef Gordon always says is wrong. Right. On, Cut on the menu down. Yeah. Do what you do best, like Mac Weldon. Fresh local ingredients. <laughs> we don't know. We can't say for sure if Mac Weldon uses part of the table wool, not wool. Do they have wool? That would be scratchy. I believe cotton. there are some merino items in there, but uh, there's cotton. There's the antimicrobial silver underwear, um, which uh, pulls. It doesn't. It doesn't stink. Basically, right. I love fabrics that don't stink. I think that's amazing. I think um, everyone prefers a fabric that doesn't smell bad. So listen, you've gone through all this. You think, yeah, all right, you guys, you've convinced me. I'm going to use your code, iFanboy. It's going to get you 20% off. You're going to go through there. You order the underwear. They come in, not underwear, socks, shirts, hoodie. Whatever it is you you want from there, um, we're, we're leading with the underwear because honestly, that is the that is the most relevant in my life right now. Sure. And you don't like it? Well, if you don't like your first pair, you you can keep it, and they're gonna still refund you. There's no questions asked. There's no risk to it. That's not gonna happen. Is what I'm I'm saying. And is there anything else that you have to say about the fabric that is touching you right now? Yeah. I mean, I I kind of wish I had grabbed the Mac Weldon this morning when I was in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, you miss it. I don't I, feel I, like I'm being sorted out. Do you want to take a minute? I'm do you right. want to go? I'll deal with it. Okay. If I go back to get it, the show is going to be two hours long. Because <laughs> what we would do is not edit. We you'd have just to fill. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to vamp for two, for another 20 minutes at least. I mean, I think we all know I could do that. <laughs> go to MacWeldon.com. Get 20% off using the promo code iFanboy. It's good stuff. That's that's all there is to it. It's worth your worth your time and money. And uh, if you do, you're supporting the show. So those are all good things, and we thank you. Miss Marvel 28. This is the return of Kamala Khan to uh, Miss Marveldom. And I thought it was really interesting because it's not something that normally is dealt with teenage superheroes. You know, normally... Because there are a lot of them. They get the powers, they get the suit, and they're off. But here, after however long, how many issues it's been, how many ever volumes it's been, she's like, eh, this is really stressful. And uh, I can't deal with this right now. And just bails on it. Which some would say is quitting, but I think is realistic for like a teenager who has decided to take on all this responsibility. It's not a bad choice. So her friends have been filling the gap in the last couple of issues. They made their own... Miss Marvel suits, and they've been trying to protect Jersey City, but there's an adversary too strong for them. They call in Captain Marvel with her really, really, really terrible haircut, and eventually Kamala is coaxed back into helping to save the day. I like the idea of examining the f- that, for especially for a kid, this is a lot to deal with, especially mm-hmm. when her friends have gotten hurt, and she's lost friendships, and the public has turned on her, and it's been it's a lot to put on the shoulders of a, I don't know, 15 or 16-year-old kid. She just needed a, a minute. She just needed a minute. Everyone understands, I think. 
Spider-Man did it, walked away, had the thing in the, in the trash can. Right. It was his famous minute. She should do in a minute. Luckily, they did not ape that cover. I can't believe they didn't ape that cover. <laughs> they they would Marvel. There was a period where Marvel was aping that cover for no reason, all over the place. Right. It would just be like you. They left a sandwich on a counter and they'd be walking away, aping that cover. Is it Ramita or is it Busima? Uh, John Ramita. Probably Ramita Senior. It's got to be Ramita. You know, especially in the day and age when when a lot of kids are under a lot of pressure all day, mm-hmm. all, all the time. It's realistic to talk about. There's just too much pressure, so I had to walk for, for a minute. It's okay. It's okay if you need to do that, I think. That's, that's interesting. That is a modern message, I yeah. think, that like that Peter Barker really didn't do all that much. Look where it's gotten him. Uh, yeah, honestly, I can't even keep track of where it's gotten him, but I can tell you one thing. This girl's chest isn't glowing blue. That's what I mean. Like, mm. He cracked under the pressure and decided a, a glowing spider in his chest was a good idea. Mm-hmm. No one wants to go there. That's a place no one needs to end up. Sure, people are super excited we're talking about that again. <laughs> Future Quest presents. I'll tell you what gets you in the door, if you're me. Yeah. For the front of this book, I've been I've been I've been reading these Future Quest books off and on, hoping to grab something hope I can get something that grabs onto me. I like Jeff Parker's work a lot. I like his sense of humor. I couldn't always get into it, but this one, front of it said uh Jeff Parker and Steve Lieber, and I was oh. like, Well, that's gotta be a thing that happens. Now oh. I am unfamiliar with this Mitor character. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Nope, nope. It seems to be uh uh, like an African American uh, caveman type of person. My horse. Yeah, and he has a club. His That's club cool. has a lot of different powers and things like that. Like a club you you wield, or like a club of people you hang out with and play parcheesi. Like a caveman club. Ah. Uh, because he's like a caveman, but with a mask with horns. I see. But he's also just a kid. He's like a thirteen-year-old kid or something like that. He was oh. at his birthday party and the whatever the secret Earth organization is. Listen, it's not. Breaking down any doors here. It's not How did he feel about the pressure? He loves it. Uh-huh. He's like, give me more, bring it on. Because he's at the the family barbecue birthday party or whatever, and he's got some uncle going on and telling him about all. He's like, you need to be get up and moving things around. And he's thinking to himself, he's like, I'm a superhero caveman guy. It's cool, but he can't tell anybody. <laughs> it was really fun. It's just super basic kind of comics. I think they'd be you know probably good for kids. But at the same time, I'm watching, you know, Jeff Parker and Steve Lieber, who who, who work well together. They work in the studio together, and and I, I'm a kind of a Lieber. Whenever there's a Lieber, I'm, I'm a Lieber read. fan. Yeah, uh, it's 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 almost a must read when he comes along. So this is fun, and it was just I think it's just the one issue. I don't think it's a big arc or anything. So I dug it. It's a fun thing, and it looks really good because it's Steve Lieber. So I was really surprised to see. That you put Killer Be Killed number 17 on the rundown because generally speaking, maybe that's changed. I just keep thinking in my head that you're not a big fan of the book. It, it, I mean, that, that is the thing that happens is that I sometimes think I don't think I'm a big fan. Of, we, we were talking about something last week where we, we keep thinking about dropping a thing and then we don't. And then we're like, oh, wait, I kind of do, do like this. That's how this book is for me. And I, I forgot to read it the last time we talked about it. So I caught up and I just I got to the end of the last issue and I still I had this one ready. So I was able to just go right into it. And I was super interested in this one for whatever reason is plotting the murder of the jerk guy in the in the insane asylum. I don't think that's the right word. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in a he's in a mental hospital, yeah. big main character. And he saw one of the guards has been assaulting female patients. So he decides, hey, got to kill people. He's a good candidate. So uh, this is the I, issue where he's trying to do that. Well, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of uh, basically first-person narrative, which which Ed Brubaker does really well. I yeah. mean, that, that's just the thing. But he's also really towing the line of the morality of what the person's doing and why he's doing it. And he's just very thoughtful in that sense. And I thought it worked. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, well, wait, all I saw him do was, I mean, he basically this, this orderly or whatever, like, grabbed a patient's breast. 
and he's like, well, he's got to die. And then later he comes back and goes, well, wait a minute. That's not. And then he, you know, he finds another reason to go after him. But there's still all. And then he's like, wait, if the demon isn't real, why am I doing this? And why am I trying to hide? I want to be in here. There was all this sort of. I mean, it was it was straight up soul searching, but I liked that I was reading. I mean, I like that we don't know. I mean, is the demon real? Is the demon not real? Is yep. what's really happening here? I also really liked that as much as the orderly was a scumbag and he was, he also wasn't pure evil. He wasn't a caricature. Sure. When the main character goes to try to kill the orderly in the snow, they think he's lost, and suddenly the guy shows real concern for his well-being. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because that makes it more interesting because he's not like mustache twirling. Yeah. He's obviously a, a horrible person, but he also is layered, which makes the whole morality play more interesting yeah. and difficult. But he's an asshole, obviously, and at the yeah. end he showed just how much of an asshole he is, and we've seen it a couple of times. But, you know, you, see, you don't feel bad for him dying, but it just it makes it more interesting that he has different layers to him. I also really like the production of the outdoor snow stuff. It just yes. looks really good. That was really well done. Feels like snow. I wonder how long this is going to go for. I hope it's not forever. No, I don't think it is... What are we on, 17? This feels like a 24, maybe 30. I think they've already talked about another book they want to do together. Uh, and it just feels like with the way the story's going, it, it really can't go on forever. Mm-hmm. Or forever in comic terms. Uh, the The article in the back that he writes was interesting. I always read his his essay in the back uh, where he has gone on a um, P.I. kick, reading P.I. fiction again. And he said that he's now probably going to have a P.I. story because it's like he can't get it out of his head. He's like, I've been into criminals for the last 10 years and maybe I'm... Swing it back around. Awesome. I can get behind that. So I was perusing Instagram the other day. Yeah. Saw you post a, a picture of a panel from Star Wars 45 as we enter Star Wars Corner. And I was like, ah, oh, well, crap. We're going to be talking about this on the show. I'm going to get this out of the way quickly. Okay. So I'm going through the comics, and I noticed that the cover of this particular issue, Star Wars number 45, from stalwarts Kieran Gillen and, and uh, Salvador La Roca, uh, was done by David Marquez. And Ooh. it looks like a romance comic between Luke Skywalker and Wedge Antilles on the cover. Love it. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, that's great. So it turns out that what we have in here is a, is a basically a, a, well, it's not Rogue Squadron, it's Red Squadron story. From what time period? The same time period as the book, or is it a flashback? Or? After Yavin. After Yavin. After Yavin. That's where the book's taking place, right? After Yavin? Mostly, yeah. And before Empire, I think, is where we've we've been. Well, that's a good cover. It is a good cover, which really <laughs> made the inside not quite as delightful. Right. I, I don't I don't I mean I, I, I you know, LaRocca he turns his stuff in on time. He's probably a delight to work with. It, it's not my favorite thing. Well yeah, I'm looking I'm looking at the preview pages here and uh Yeah, he's got the uncanny valley face. And uh, yeah. there's a really rough Luke, Luke profile shot where he there's says, a, he goes, what's yeah. the biggest milk they got? There's a bit where Luke looks up surprised and he's like, Wedge! And he's making a face and I spent a good two minutes trying to see if that was the face you would make if you were saying Wedge. <laughs> you say and to I, the mirror? I, I just, no, I was just like feeling what my mouth felt like when I did it and I couldn't get it. I think it's, Bad I don't feel. think it's wrong. So. Are we hedging around the Wedge issue? Hedging around Wedge? I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to make of the wedge issue yet. I'm just saying there's a story that is focusing on this team, and they're all treating Luke like he's. I, I like. I like the story. I'm fine. They're all treating Luke like he's some kind of celebrity because he's the one who shot down the Death Star, and they're kind of afraid of him, like he's the new hot shot. So they're all in a bar. I think looks like they're in a canteen. Maybe it's like they're whatever their R and R. Right, but what I mean is, it's it's they're they're unwinding after a mission, so they're all hanging out yeah. in a bar. Yeah, and they're Luke in the mess hall, mess hall four yeah. in Mako Ta base. 
Officers, officers club. Yeah, Luke wants milk. That's sort of a running gag. But there is one page where there's yeah there's a there's a panel of of wedge at a table, and he looks like Jimmy Barrett from Mad Men. Like constipate. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's it, the the hero of the rebellion does not in, does not deserve this, and he doesn't look anything like any of the other wedge pictures in the whole thing. And I don't like it. Then there's this there's a really weird bit where General Dodonna is being super dark. How so? Or it's maybe I don't know. Is it General or is he just Dodonna? General Dan Dodonna. Dan, General Beyond, Dan Dodonna yeah. is 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 Jan Dodonna's brother. Okay, it's his cousin. Well, and Leah refers to him specifically as Jan Dodonna, which I was like, that's weird to say the whole thing. And then like he basically like leans down and looks into the camera, like if you if you were doing like the Joker face, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just really dark and weird for no reason. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I know enough about Dodonna to see if that's out of place, but it felt like it was a little out of place. So is this is basically a, a one-shot downtime issue, or is it going to continue? No, it's going to lead into a thing where they're going to try to depose the Mon Cal leader. Uh, and then they break into a prison, and they open it up, and Space Jimmy Smith is standing there. But that's really just a shapeshifter who's been like him, and he's fucking with Leia. And then, you know. Will there be more Wedge, or is this all for Wedge? No, there's going to be more Wedge, yeah. So here's the good news for you. More Wedge. You have a writer now in Kieran Gillen who, unlike the previous writer, Jason Aaron, does not have it out for Wedge. (sighs) I I mean, let's let's hedge that. I I feel like he's – like Wedge – the character's unassailable. Jason Aaron can do what he wants, but you could still feel the respect there. He might have been saying it outwardly, but he he knew. He's the hero of the rebellion. He is the hero of the rebellion, and so there's more of it. I'm just hoping for more covers, basically, by other people. That's the most I can go for. But they're, they're respecting the Wedge. So your biggest problem was that Wedge looked like a weirdo in the book. The art was a problem. It How was, was his wedge, writing? It was a Wedge art issue. It seemed fine. I was fine with that. All right. Kieran Gillen does not have the, like, like uh, Jason Aaron is really, really good at the voice of, of like, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Gillen's okay. He's not, not as great at that, but it's fine. So the, the big news this week, as we transfer out of the Star Wars corner into the patron pick, is that... Something that's never happened in the year plus we've been doing this. We had a three-way tie for the patron pick this week. It was a very strange voting week. Only five books received more than one vote, which is really unusual. And these three books were all jockeying for first. Like, have you ever gone to like a baseball game and they, like a maybe a Yankee game and they have the subway race mm-hmm. on the board where they have the three the three trains racing? It was like that. One hour, Thor would be up. The next hour, it was Thanos. The next hour, it was Usagi Ujimbo. The hidden, by the end, they all landed smack dab in the middle at the same exact goddamn time. So we have three patron pick books we're going to talk about this week. The Mighty Thor 705, Usagi Ujimbo, The Hidden, number one, and Thanos 17. These are all the patron pick. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Usagi. Usagi. Let's do that. I was excited to talk about this. I think it's been away for a little while. Well, you were a big soggy reader. Eh, I don't know about big. But well, you read those... it quite a bit in the beginning of the show. Yeah, I did. I want to. I just want to mention that because in the past, when this book has been out and it's been a patron pick, a nominee, people have said erroneously that we've never talked about Usagi Jimbo the show, which is yeah, we definitely have. Yeah, the, I mean, the the problem and the strength is this: Stan Sakai is a great cartoonist. It's a really interesting world that he's living in. And it's been going on for a long time, so it's really well established. And if you like this thing that he's doing, you're going to be happy every single time one of these comes out. Mm-hmm. However, it's kind of always the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been – I don't even know how much of this there's been, but there's been a lot. He's been doing it for decades now. 
And it is what it is. And so like I'll read it for a little while and like, oh, that's fun. And then I'll be like, that's enough because it's it tends to be the same thing. And then you drop out, you come back. It's more of that. Right. It's weird. It's like it's always a little more edgy than I think it's going to be because like there's a thing. It's a samurai. People walk around with swords and weapons and they kill each other all the time. But when somebody dies, A, they're cute animals, which you forget about pretty quickly. Like I, I don't even register the fact that I'm looking at the animals really. Mm-hmm. But, like, if somebody dies, that is always represented by, like, a, a thought balloon and a skull escaping from the, the dead character. Right. You know, and it, it is definitely, like, it, it, we're living in feudal Japan, and there's all the samurai code stuff, and there's a couple of hokey jokes, and then there's a couple of sort of serious things. But it is what it is. And and so I, I read this, and I thought, well, we'll see if it's going to be more of that. And it is. Like, it, reals, it feels like every Usagi Ojimbo story I ever read in my life. Well, it's interesting, because I've never read any before. Really? None of it? No, I don't think I did. Huh. What I thought was the most interesting thing about this, so this is a pretty basic story. These two samurai are, are being chased by a mob of, of uh, I guess, other samurai. Yep. The, the two ronin are being chased by a mob of samurai. They're not ronin. They're not? They said they were ronin. No, the person said they thought they were, but that's because the people who were chasing them had them stripped of all their markings. Oh, okay. Well, they were, they were being chased, and they were killed, and the local cops and Usagi are investigating the deaths and it turns out there's something has something to do with christianity mm-hmm. uh which had just been introduced to the area and, and people in the town were made to walk on, on top of the icon the, uh, the christian icon before they entered the, entered the temple or the area of the town i thought that was really interesting well i was gonna say that is the that is the most interesting thing in here and i feel like this is a level of sort of history that hasn't really been touched on that sort of crosses over with our history it, yeah it, i didn't realize way. western history we'll call it yeah and it's Sakai writes an essay in the back about yep, that Christianity's really introduction into Japan. So I didn't expect that level of edginess. Like, oh. That was the difference between this and what I've read in the past. That, that I, I do have to mention that. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of a thing. And I don't know how it'll develop. But, like, clearly reading that essay, like, he's super thoughtful about it. Like, this isn't an afterthought. He's he's educated. He's He's doing a thing. It took me a while for my eyes to adjust to the art. I, yeah, okay. Because There's not a lot of contrast. That's what I mean. It's all very flat. He's a cartoonist in the Sergio Aragonas school. That's kind of style. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of hatching, but there's not a lot of depth to the art. Mm-hmm. So everything is kind of on the same plane. Yeah. The background, the foreground, the, the midground. So I, at first my eyes were like, what is happening? But once I was able to figure that out after a few pages, I was able to adjust. But in the beginning, it was kind of difficult to, especially when they, once they entered the town and there's a lot of background detail, my eyes were very fatigued. It's a really good point in that it is a different feeling book than so much of else because everything else has advanced. And I don't use that term as a like it's better that it advanced or not, but everything right. else has sort of changed to be as three dimensional as possible, as cinematic as it can be. And this is what it is. Right. I think it feel actually does feel a little looser than I think I've I've seen in the past. It seemed very loose, which I liked a lot. Which isn't necessarily bad, but you know, it's just like He's getting done what he needs to do with a, a certain kind of stroke now that he probably wasn't always using. He was probably tighter at an earlier point in the career. Didn't Stan Sky like get sick or have a problem or something? And maybe that's Possibly. why this went away for a while. Is this the first miniseries? Like this is not like the next issue of the of the longer. Yeah, it's a number one. I don't know. I don't really remember what the status was of it. If for some reason you have been you've heard about about Usagi Ojimbo, which is the story of a samurai ronin rabbit uh, in feudal Japan, and, and you've always wanted to check it out, this is a perfectly fine place to start. But honestly, you can start anywhere with any of it. It is not a thing that you need to start at the beginning. It's been around for decades. It's it's one of those yep. books. It's a classic. It's, it's a, a thing you should have some experience with. Yeah. I'm glad I read it. Good. Uh, let's talk about the Mighty Thor 705. Mm-hmm. 
This is the death of my, the Mighty Thor. I uh, I last read this when it was the patron pick. I don't remember what issue it was. Was it 701? 700? I, I read it every time. It's been a couple of issues. So for me, this probably didn't have the emotional resonance that I saw people reacting to on our patron page and other places. Mm-hmm. It was a fine issue. I don't know that this had that same kind of impact on me in terms of like, I just feel like she's been on the verge of dying forever. Mm-hmm. So by the time we got to the point that she actually did, and I mean, I'm making air quotes because it's comics and it's gods and Jane Foster or whatever. But this is the, you know, this is the, this is the gun from the first act that they had to shoot. And this is when, you know, it went off. I thought it was really well done. I enjoyed it. I think the thing that I'm most impressive is is that we're really, to me, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm really getting treated to a gigantic Jason Aaron Thor story that's been going on for years now. And and I really appreciate those kind of stories told by people who care. And I, I just I like everything about the way this feels. I loved every single panel with Mangog in it. I was a really fun sort of villain. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's something where she's like, I've faced Destroyer and whoever else. I'm gonna have never felt rage like this. And you know, like it's just comics, but that totally works for me. Jason Aaron has the Thor tone, and in, mm-hmm. in other ways, the Marvel tone down perfectly, where yeah. it is a little bombastic. But it's serious enough where you take it seriously. But you also mm-hmm. never forget that they're treating space like it's the sea. You know, yeah. they have Viking ships and they swim to the next ship even though they're in space and there's <laughs> sharks. He never lets us forget that it's, it is comics, and it's, but it's also, you know, it's a big old Norse mythology story. And it has that tone perfectly down. And also, I just, I, I really love the artwork. I think it's for this style of coloring. Is this Matt Wilson? Yes. Yeah. It's almost like a little too much for me in a lot of books, but I think it works really well in this book. And I think Russell Dowderman, you know, he's on his way to being a really big name when, when he completes this. And also, thank goodness that he's completed, that he's doing all this. Like, we got one really big, long arc with, oh, I can't remember his name right now, uh, the painter who did the first Jason Aaron arc with the... Picasso. No. He's not painting, but he's... Oh, yeah. uh, you're killing me. You're getting me further away from it. Alex Ross? Oh, good Lord. Do you mean Isad Ribic? Yes, Isad Ribic. He's not a painter. I know, but it's painterly. That's how I think of it anyway. Pollock. That. Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) Van Gogh. Like that whole art got one artist on pretty much the whole thing. And then sort of this part with with Jane Foster Thor just had Russell Dodderman everyone you know pounding it out making consistent which stands out so much in this every two weeks thing that we've had to go through with everything else um, that really makes me appreciate that consistency i'm just gonna not try to think too hard about what happened at the end of the, with all the stuff of the sun because it seemed a little inconsistent but maybe i, I agree have, i haven't been reading it so they were going away from the sun but they were going towards the sun when mangog was thrown into the sun there definitely was a directional issue there yeah i can admit that but also, throwing Mjolnir into the sun killed it, but then they go in the sun and they're fine. And she's fine even though she's not a go- in her god form, but when they're going into the sun, you think she would have melted? Well, he protected her. Can, can I, I just think throwing gods and stuff into a sun might be problematic for Earth people. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like a lot. <laughs> Any kind of solar flare or anything, that's bad. It's not like I need to have a strong broadband signal. It's more than that. It's a very delicate ecosystem we're dealing with here. It's true. It's a very narrow bandwidth of temperature that we can live in. And then the last issue that was the patron pick was Thanos or Thanos 17. And uh, why didn't anybody tell me about this book? <laughs> you know? What the fuck? 
I had a pretty similar thought. Donny Cates, uh, in story, Jeff Shaw, I've never heard of, who was terrific on art. Like, what the fuck, everybody? We rely on you to tell us these things are happening outside of our purview. It was pretty good. It was super I, fun. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of reading villain books as a general rule. Yeah. You know, occasionally there'll be uh, exceptions to the rule. But generally speaking, I don't really want to have my villain as my protagonist. However, and Thanos is fine. Thanos is fine. I, we, we, get, we get emails when he's pronounced it wrong. Thanos is fine. So I wouldn't have necessarily looked at this book anyway. But if I had known Donny Cates was writing it, I would have at least maybe checked it out, and what I think—I well, think that when it started, you ha- you weren't aware of him, so then you wouldn't have gone in and picked it up. Well, I don't know. This could have started seventeen months ago, or seventeen weeks ago, or seventeen That's days ago. Point. I don't know when this came out. What I what I really ha- realized after reading this issue is that right now, Donny Cates is the most exciting new voice in comics. Okay. I don't consider Tom King new because he's been around for a couple of years. He has that Jason Aaron thing where he can perfectly encapsulate the tone of Marvel. It's a similar tone. It's really hard. That's the thing about these superhero books is if the tone is wrong, the whole thing falls apart. But if the tone is right, it's really good. And he has that bombastic and yet serious, yet this is totally silly, but awesome and fun tone down perfectly. And if, it's interesting because if you think about it, one of the thing, one of the other sort of growth areas, we'll say, in comic book mainstream comic book writing is the other kind of tone, which is the slightly ironic. Right, this is different. This is different than that. So you're Nick Spencer, you're Rick Remender, I think. Fraction. Certainly, Jonathan Hickman, I mean, like, at a high level of ironic. I mean, it's like, it's it's all, it's imperceptible. <laughs> it's so ironic, it's back to being serious. Exactly. Like, that's happening. This is a definitely a, let's make sure that this is... This is fun. Yeah. And that we and that and also like we really enjoy it. We're not doing this just because like we're really enjoying doing it, but we can do it at a high level. What I mean, I guess what I, one of the things I liked about reading this is actually coming in at issue 17, like of 18. Next issue is the last issue of the series. I love coming into a comic book in the middle of a bunch of shit that's going on that's crazy. <laughs> and just being like, oh, I'm here. I'm like, we're I, I know who all these characters are. I get it. I get the stakes, and I can just watch this stuff happen. I can watch Big Hulk fight. I don't know why Silver Surfer is black now and he's the fallen one. Maybe I've heard about it before. Was Is this Ghost Rider? I don't know. What I was able to glean is that we're in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. Current Thanos has been thrust into the future to find King Thanos. I mean, look, this is very similar to Thor, but sure. it, it's totally fine. And in, the, in this future, King Thanos is fighting with Silver Surfer, as you said, who is now black instead of silver. He's called the fallen one. And he's, he's wielding Mjolnir, who he's spent centuries becoming worthy to, to wield. And Ghost Rider is a herald, and there's a giant old Hulk, and it's just a big old rockin' good time. Now, if I had read the 16 issues prior to this, would I still be down with this? I don't know. But it's really fun to jump in here. It was like like sneaking into the theater at the end of it, just be like, oh, wow, the end of this is great. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've, we've really liked everything Donny Cates has written so far, so maybe we would have. Yeah. You can now check into his, his creator-owned catalog, which is I think is a lot of horror stuff. Yeah. Weird stuff that but I'm too. this might have been the perfect issue for us to drop in on. It might be. What I'm saying is, is that this had been Thanos 14, the patron pick. Maybe we mm-hmm. wouldn't have been as excited. But this was a great issue to drop in on. And I agree with you. I really was excited about the prospect. You know, Usagi is number one. Thor, I've read before. To drop in completely unknown on a book that mm-hmm. I haven't been reading. Featuring characters I know, but so I'm not totally lost. That could have been any issue of Usagi or Jimbo. <laughs> like that literally that could have been 485 it would have felt exactly the same 
just so we're clear. Okay. Like, I think they do two issue arcs at most. So it's not like a thing. This is also, I, I, I want to give credit to uh, Jeff Shaw and Antonio Fabella. Oh my God. Colors just like that. Yep. That's what it's supposed to do. I thought this book looked terrific. Donny Cates, once I saw he was a writer, I was like, okay, that wasn't surprised that I liked it. But Jeff Shaw, who the hell is this guy? I got to say, like, I love the weight that he's given to the to the Hulk and then to the, the dual Thano. Yeah. I believe is the plural of, of Thanos. Thani. Thani. There you go. There's a thing that you do when you show those when you show those characters in full, you know, their full body where they just have a, a bulk to them that's slightly uh, inhuman. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was perfect here. The proportions are just that yeah. big Jack Kirby thing kind of size. I love this full page spread I'm looking at where where Silver or the hidden one, Silver Surfer, clocks Ghost Rider with Mjolnir and it's a full page shot and there's teeth flying at us. Yep. I liked this a lot. Yep. I, I'm, I'm of two minds of whether or not to go back and read other issues. <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't. I, I, and, I, and I thought maybe, maybe I should just go with this as it is and then sort of watch out for things in the future. But maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, there's only one more issue left. I, I mean, I guess I could read that one. Well, the thing about a Thanos, the other thing about a Thanos book is that we know that, you know, he's going to be featured in the movie and he's showing up in the thing. So basically it, feel, it feels like merchandising. Right. That's why, so my, why I didn't read it in the first place. Right. So my instinct is, oh, they're just doing a Thanos book because there's going to be Thanos. But, you know, they made it into a thing. So it was good. It was fun. If you got to do the merchandising, you might as well do it well. Merchandising. So let's do the ratings. Ratings. Ratings on Usagi Ojimbo, the hidden number one. I'm going to give it a four. Three and a half. All right. Sticking with it. Yeah, I'll read it. Yeah, definitely. I think I'll read the next issue for sure. Sure. The Mighty Thor 705. Ratings. Four. Three and a half. <laughs> are you, are you going to read it? No. I'll wait till the re- relaunch when Thor is back to store. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been reading it all along and we're going to keep reading it. I like it. Thanos 17. Ratings. Four. Four and a half. Are you going to read number 18? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I, 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 I want to kind of. I'm interested in the next issue, obviously, but I also kind of love it as this great little experience I had with this uh-huh. one issue. So I don't know. It's going to depend, I think, on what, it, what happens when it comes out. It's like you were on a shitty road trip and you pulled off and you needed gas, but the place was shut down, so you had to wait a little while. But there was this place across the street and you had a piece of pie. It was terrific pie. It's a great piece of pie. And maybe it wasn't it's the best piece of pie, but it was the best piece of pie right then. In that moment, it was the perfect yep. piece of pie. I had a brisket sandwich like that once. And you wouldn't ever go back there because it'll never be as good again. That's a really good point. Although, but you should go a, back there. It's a brisket sandwich. It probably will be good again. I've, I, I believe I sent you a picture of that brisket sandwich <laughs> when it happened. And this was not like recently. This was years ago, and I'm still talking about it. So are you going to stick with the brisket sandwich? I mean, yeah, if I'm driving by. Number 17. You're sticking with, with Thanos. I'll read, read 18. All right. The real question is, are you going to go back and read more? And I think we're going to have to follow up on that. Yeah, maybe. I'll think about it. So there you go. There's the patron pick. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. If you join up as a patron at any level... Any level whatsoever, you can uh, vote on a patron pick every week. And it was exciting this week. Uh, you guys blew it up. We don't want this to happen every week. It's fine to happen once in a while. But let's have a... Let's have you're a lucky it was a light week because we would have had to think of something. <laughs> you guys, yeah. We would have had a bell segment on this, which would have sucked. Also, at patreon.com slash fanboy, if you give it the $5 higher level, you get your own superpower on the show as a way of thanks. We give them out every week. And we'll start with thanking Jake L. 
who Jake L's superpower is that he can phase through glass. Does it explode like the Flash? No. Okay, good. But he can't phase through a wall. He can't phase through brick. He can't phase through metal. He can only walk through glass. Okay. That's it. I'm trying to think of ways which that would be useful. While at the same time trying to come up with something to say for the next person. (laughs) Well, see, I mean, you know, I'm looking at a door. It's a glass door. He could walk through it if it was locked. Mm -hmm. There's lots of thievery aspects, but Jake's a good guy. He's not going to rob stuff. Everyone's always saying about Jake that Jake's a good guy. Uh-huh. And so he wouldn't he wouldn't abuse this power. He just would occasionally not need to open a glass door. You know so that thing I, where if you're if you're at somebody's house and they've got their screen door shut or their back door shut, and sometimes people will not realize it and walk into it. That's never happened to me. I don't know why you would bring that up. That's not a thing that's <laughs> happened to me. I'm just saying never happens to Jake because he just goes right through it. He doesn't understand the big deal is. Right. So he's almost doing it unconsciously. Right. Wow. You know, birds who fly into glass doors and things never happen to uh-huh. Jake. If Jake was a bird, he wouldn't fly into the door. He'd just fly right into the house. That'd be a problem. Yeah. But he's not a bird. then he'd he's have Jake. to find the glass again to get out. <laughs> right. That's just not happening. Nope. So Tyson Webster, uh-huh. listen, he's got super strength. And I know that's not that exciting, except he gets it from eating Doritos, which is the only food that he can eat. Any other food will kill him, so he can only eat Doritos. But when he does so, he gets super strength. So he's got like... It's like two powers. He can only eat Doritos. That's really bad for you. Right. To sustain him. And I can't even imagine you can get all of your nutrients and vitamins and minerals from the Doritos. It, listen, that part works. That's not the problem. It's about the challenge of only being able to eat Doritos, <laughs> which sounds fun at first. And he can do the different flavors. It doesn't matter. So Also, he, no, no store brand stuff. He manages to somehow get all the stuff his body needs from Doritos. His body is, is I mean, it, it, he was clearly cursed by some sort of magic. <laughs> right. But at the end of it, he does have super strength, but it is wholly dependent on eating Doritos. How much super but. strength does he have? Oh, let's give him... Is it like Hulk level? Is it triathlon? I'm going to go with triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> you did not spark me saying that. I was about <laughs> to say it, and you said it, because it's a good, like, lower level. It's a triathlon level. Right. Three times in a man. Which man? No one knows. The strength of three men. Which men? Hopefully it's not me. <laughs> is it three like pipe cleaner arm men? Is it three Arnold Schwarzeneggers? Yeah. We'll He's, never know. You know. But boy, his fingers are always orange. That's true. Orange fingers. Adam Granger. <clears throat> this is actually a very useful power for Adam. Really? Yeah. Uh, Adam Granger can manifest the harmful inflammation in his body and, and ex- exert it as flame from his hands. Is the level of flame commensurate with yes. the amount of inflammation? Yes. So most of the time it's just sort of a dull heat. Right, but if he's having some, you know, problems someday. A flare up, if you flare will. Flare up in his arm or something, he can, right. he can. Guys, let's go on a mission. I've got a thing in my shoulder. So are you saying that ibuprofen is his kryptonite? <laughs> he, he just doesn't need it. If he really has to, he just can unleash the flames from his hand and, and clear it up. Huh. I slept funny on my shoulder the other day, and it's like somebody stabbed me in that. And then, so I worry that if I did that, would I burn the bed up? Yeah, I mean, if you're doing it unconsciously, but Adam's got control on it, over it. Okay, but you know, he could do it while he's sleeping. Maybe he doesn't realize it. It's not like a pressure valve; like it happens unconsciously. Like he can, he has to, you know, it's power. He shoots it out. Huh? But how much he shoots it out all depends on how much inflammation he's got. Okay, fair enough. 
Paul Lister is up next. Mm-hmm. He's the best driver in the world as long as he's he's blindfolded. Okay. I've so, got two conditional powers this week. I don't know where that came from, but that's where we are. So, when blindfolded, he's the best driver in the world. Why would yeah. he ever drive unblindfolded? I don't know that he would. He may not. It might be, though, that because he's such a good driver, that for other people it's stressful for them to have him wear the blindfold. Because sure. then he's just he's just operating. He doesn't even – it's automatic. So, maybe if they're just like taking the kids to school, he just drives normally. What is he like when he is unblindfolded? It's like, just like any regular asshole driving. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like doesn't really know how to use a four-way stop exactly. Doesn't doesn't yield to oncoming traffic in the way that you're absolutely supposed to. But not, you know. Just like everyone in the fucking world. Yeah, just, just like every single asshole out there with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy no, the other day like LA, in front of me where like didn't even make an attempt to stop at the stop sign. It wasn't yeah. like it was midnight and no one was around. It was like the middle of the day. I mean, that's like an that's like an extra asshole, or they were distracted, or whatever. Like, was it called the California slide? There's, there's a name for it. Where they just I can believe that. That wasn't even a slide. Like he, he slowed down. It was just like I'm just gonna go. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna get worse. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can sign up at the five dollar higher level, and you can get your own superpower on the show. And also patreoncom fanboy. That's where all of our stretch goals happen. People who give to the show to help support it, help keep the lights on, help keep it running, have helped us unlock many things, including our monthly hangout, which we did this past week. We in- introduced some more GDAT members as well as we talked about Josh's feelings on Black Panther and Justice League. So those are the kind of fun discussions we have on our monthly hangout patrons. Also, they unlocked the Books Blow, the Talks Blow shows that we do every month. The next stretch goal is a non-comics media podcast monthly. So if you want to have support the show, help us keep going and unlock fun content, patreon.com slash ifanboy. Also, ifanboy.threadless.com. That's where you can find our t-shirt designs, the six shirts we've got currently, the ifanboy logo, the Herm, the Pick of the Week podcast, the ratings, the F1 is Electro, and the GDAT shirt, the GDAT shirt, which people did step up to the plate, Josh, and ordered some after last week. Yeah. And we talked about the fact that only one person had ordered a GDAT shirt. It's kind of impressive. More have since then. So thank you very much. Somebody said that they ordered it like after we recorded the show, but before it went out. Which we'll, we'll give you the credit. Yep. So we have another design coming. We have it picked out. We've just been going through designers trying to decide on one. The first one we picked out didn't work out. So hopefully this next designer can nail it. And then we'll be unleashing the design first on the Patreon Hangout. We usually let everyone see that first, and then we'll unload it out to the store. Ifanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find the books books that we talk about. You can find links there, as well as a general Amazon link. And Ifanboy.com slash support is where you can find a direct donation via PayPal link. And if you want to help us out, tax time again. Who knows if that's how it works. But if it does, if you need to unload some cash, Ifanboy.com slash support. Don't think about it. Just give. Yeah. If you think about it too hard, it may not make sense. That's how it works here. Uh, Let's do one, one of these. Your call. Let's do the voicemail since we haven't done that in a while. Hey, I fanboy. Sean from New York here. Big question. How do you think the current comic environment has been impacted by copyright laws? By any of the old copyright laws, characters like Superman, Batman, anything more than like 28 years old um, would be public domain. Do you think we would have too much saturation and therefore these characters would not exist without this kind of strong leadership from these companies? Or do you feel like we'd have more stories, a better story landscape? Well, first of all, I'm glad that it didn't end up being a legal question because I am not qualified, nor are you, to no. answer that in any way nope. that should be allowed to be broadcast in any way. Sure. So that being said, I think that 
I think it's probably better the way it is because there's a form of gatekeeping and if everybody in the world can I'm going to there's there's an addendum to this. If everybody in the world gets to write a Superman story, then it'd be really hard to tell what was worth going after, which I think is the thing that you get with Sherlock Holmes. It should be noted that the original copyright law was like he said it was meant to I think it was supposed to expire. It expired at some point after the original author's deaths. What has happened is throughout the years, major companies led by Disney have lobbied Congress every time this has come come up for renewal to extend it. Now, I think it's 70 years. The point is, Mickey Mouse will never be in the public domain, neither will Superman. Right. They're too valuable to the company, so they constantly lobby to have the laws changed. And also, like, we, you know, we're in comics. We've met a lot of people who make their living by their ownership of something. And, I, you know, I don't want them to get their shit taken away. It's fine. I don't care. However, but yes, there's probably an opportunity for something really amazing that could be made that wouldn't be. However, in comics, you have this thing where there are a lot of Superman stories that aren't Superman. And it's pretty easy to pick. uh, You know, there are a dozen stories that Connor and I can rattle off right now that are about Superman but aren't Superman. Right. And so there's a really easy way to get to it. Like Man of Steel. Well, that's DC Comics, but yes. Uh, (laughs) I I thought you had more. Because it's not Superman. That is definitely not Superman. There's Majestic. There's... Irredeemable. Irredeemable. There is, uh, I just the one about the guy who we always talk about. But I can never remember the name of it. It doesn't matter. The point is Samaritan from Astro City. Yeah, you like, can. I mean, all of what Black Hammer is is all DC. Tri- I mean, there, there's ways yeah. of doing these stories. And the fact is, yeah, you'd get some really good stories if it was all public domain. For sure, you would. But but you'd get a lot more crap. It'd be like a fire hose, though. Uh huh. Be like trying to find like the like the golden ticket because there'd be everybody's like I can tell my story and you'd never find them. Like, it'd be impossible to get to. So, like, I mean, I I think that in this new media landscape, there's definitely a value to gatekeepers that we used to have that I think we took for granted. Yeah, for sure. I I think when the internet happened, everyone thought, yeah, gatekeepers are going away. This is great. And then we saw the horror that uh, that unleashed upon us. Yes. There's just too much content, too much of it's garbage. I think especially comic fans like the official version. And the official version comes from the company that owns it, you know? And also, I mean, there's there's not even that they like it, but there's an element of... They need it. Yeah, you need it, but there's also an element of, like, it's kind of fun to be like, oh, what are they doing now? You know, there's even, there's part of that, while it feels like complaining is actually part of the appeal, it's like, it's, I, I imagine that's very similar to sports. You know, like, if you like a team or you don't like a team, yeah, and you get upset with it. It's almost like the same thing. Like, you're, you're just constantly riding the level on what this is, and your enjoyment of something is helped by your non-enjoyment of what came before it. You know, like, it, you've always sort of got to have this flux with it. And you're right. Sherlock Holmes is probably the best example because he's the most high-profile character who's in public domain. Mm-hmm. So you get shows like Elementary, you get Sherlock, you get novels, you get the movies. It's hard to pick. It's so, so like, if you're like, wow, I really like Sherlock Holmes, you'd look at all of it and go, uh, I don't even know where to start. But what's interesting about that is also at the same time, you get a million knockoff versions. Yeah. You know, almost every detective show on TV is a, is a knockoff of Sherlock Holmes. Anytime there's an analyst who's helping the cops... Who's really smart? That's a Sherlock Holmes knockoff. Yeah. Monk is a Sherlock Holmes knockoff. That kind of thing. But those could still exist even if Sherlock Holmes wasn't in public domain. There's ways of doing these stories without it being the official version. I just think you would have too many versions of Superman, too many Batmans. And maybe it'd be good. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. But I do know what would happen, though, is that you would further shrink the market in terms of being able to do it professionally which i think is also what you're seeing with content creators there's a lot of people making a a little bit of a living off of it whereas before there used to be a few people make a giant living off of it and we didn't reach a happy medium really we swung too far one way or the other yeah 
I want people to be able to make career, have careers making comics. And it's, you know, it's harder than ever. It's not an easy gig to be like, I'm going to make my living from comic books. There's only sort of a few people who get to do it. And it's a lot less than, I I feel like it's a lot less than there used to be, at least up and down the sort of trades that are available in comics. That may be wrong. It's a tough question to answer because, yeah, freedom is good. Creative freedom is good. Artistic freedom is good. And you would definitely, for sure, you would end up with good stories. But there would just be a lot of bad ones, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the value of it would be diminished. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. You want to write in or send a voicemail, that can go to contact at ifanboy via, I I almost said old-fashioned email, but that's kind of how it feels now, which is funny. (laughs) Old-fashioned email? What does that mean? Well, they used to say like old-fashioned mail, but I don't know. There's so many different ways to contact people. I feel like email is the purview of the old now, which is terrifying, but there we are. I thought you had to turn like a hand crank to send it. Well, (laughs) why? Did you get your old iPad running again? (laughs) No. Oh. No. God bless it. Yeah. It's funny because I didn't think you'd find enough of the ore that it took to run. <laughs> it's out. There's no more left. They don't make it anymore. <laughs> the earth was spent. Yeah. There's a book explode coming up very soon, which means there's a book that I've got to read very soon. Uh, we're going to read Green Lantern Earth One by uh, Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becco. Uh, that is a volume one. So it's, I haven't read it. Maybe maybe it goes on to more. They said they're happy to do more. Yeah. But yeah, that's the next book explode show with the patrons unlocked, and that'll probably be, be out this week sometime later in the week. And so I guess that means that in April, you can look forward to me finding somebody else to talk to for Talksplode as well. So we're going to see how that goes. All right. In the meantime, head over to ifanboy.com. That's where you can find all those podcasts. You can find Josh's Talksplodes. You can find the old Booksplodes. You can find the special edition shows, all the old Pick of the Week shows. All the shows are over there now with brand new players at ifanboy.com. Players to play the shows. I don't know. I don't know. What time, I don't know. Play is all up in that website. <laughs> you can also find out the pick of the sh- is. Wow. This is, this is a verbal spin out. Connor, do you need someone to help you do your job? You can also find out what the pick is before the show comes out by liking Facebook.com slash iFanboy and following iFanboy on Twitter at iFanboy. And also follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram, at C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. What is a tweet? <laughs> I don't know anymore. If you like this show, write a review. We're good for five stars. Four and a half maybe, but no less than that. I don't want them. Just kidding. You can write whatever <laughs> it is you want or leave a star rating on iTunes. Not just star of this show, any show that you listen to. That's a really important way that people get it. Even if you're not using iTunes, I know. Shit's crazy. What can you do? Tell your friends about it. Tell your mom about it. Tell your comic shop about it. Tell your mechanic about it. If he looks like he might be down, you want to read that because you need sort of nerd dar for that kind of thing, but it's hard to say. We appreciate everybody who does that for us. That will do for the week. I'm Josh. I'm Connor. Goodbye. See you later. See you next week. See you later. Bye.